This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was incredibly hot. So a little, uh, sorry, I started a little conversation before we started about Arnold Schwarzenegger and his movies never going to Japan or really any eastern countries except for Russia. Uh, if any of our listeners out there can prove me wrong, I would love to see that movie. What What was he looking for while he was in Russia? <laughs> Cocaine him. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> we, we talked about he went to Mars. I think he's even been to hell. I, right? I, would, I would venture that Mars is much further than Japan or China. Yeah. So well, I don't. So he's effectively been the, everywhere. Not really, it's not the distance; it's the region. I mean, it's the real Far East. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, Mars east of he's, Earth. Well, he's been <laughs> he's been to Val Verde. He has been twice. Yeah, it's on Jupiter, stupid. He's been pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has been pregnant. Oh yeah, we don't know that that island that he uh, grew up with in twins. That could be in Indonesia somewhere. Which is also not China or Japan, but it's closer. <laughs> no. I don't think he's been to Japan. And he hasn't been to Norway. And I don't think he's been to... I mean, Lake, has Lake, he even been to Germany in that, movie, in that movie? Or even Austria? I think he does at the end of... Uh, uh, oh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, it was recent where... Oh, what, Killing... Uh, he's the assassin. Yeah. Yeah. Killing Hans or killing... It wasn't Hans. Uh, uh, but yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It was Franz. Has he been to London? Has he been to France? <laughs> <laughs> Has he seen He's Danny DeVito's underpants? <laughs> Has he seen that maid's underpants? Oh, yeah. Is yes. All right. Well, this movie is starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, and the little kid. I just forgot his name. Edward Furlong and Robert Patrick. Uh, and other people uh, directed by James Cameron and this came out in 1991 also written by James Cameron and William Wisher Ooh, I don't know who that is I'm clicking on his name now yeah what else did he write uh, Terminator mm-hmm. okay <laughs> natural and, and Judge Dredd and Live Ooh. Free or Die Hard so, so, so this movie also yeah. stars uh, Joe Morton who's the <gasps> <gasps> guy oh, yeah. And then uh, yes, <laughs> uh, it's got uh, Xander Berkeley, who's been in a bajillion things, and Jeanette Goldstein, who's a chameleon. Who could forget? Yeah, she plays Vasquez on, in Aliens, and here she plays the redheaded mom. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, redneck mom. She got red hair. Either way. Yeah. 
All right, so um, this is kind of... I don't think this is any particular movie, So, but I'll just start. I saw this in the movie theater when it came out. This is the height of being a kid and watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I remember really looking forward to it, to it and loving it. Um, so that's my background with it. You guys see it in the theater? Also saw it in the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. I do not remember having really watched Terminator before I went to the, see this as a kid. Oh, okay. I saw it. I saw T1 before this. Uh, kind of scared the crap out of me. Yeah, well, I saw bits I and pieces of it. Too. But, yeah. yeah. And I saw the whole thing. And then I want to say that I saw, I actually saw T2 at the drive-in. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was that long ago. Back when the old Highway 39 was still in operation. Where was it? <sighs> <laughs> Beach Highway. Boulevard. Santa Fe. Zing. Um... I'm trying to. I probably saw it at the Citadome. I guess that's where I saw all my movies back then. <laughs> I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where else I would have saw. Yeah, it. Ma- it was either there or the. Uh, speaking of beach, the the Edwards over there, near Golfland. Yeah. yeah, I know you're talking about. This is the, o- the only game in town. To, yeah, I remember started going there a few years later. I don't think I went there at this point. Yeah, if you want to see a new movie, it was either that or the Citadome, pretty much. For folks that don't know, we often reference the Zenodome as a theater that we used to go to as kids a lot. And it was cool because it had two giant domes and Oops. inside it was like an amphitheater. So it was, it was, and it was like, was it the only theater around back then that had stadium seating like that? That I know of. I mean, at least yeah. in Garden Grove. It also, <laughs> it also smelled like pee. It did, yeah. By the time we got to it, yeah. but yes, Jeff said from the outside it looked like a pair of boobs, just like San Onofre. Yeah. So we like going there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, like I said, just in, you know, in LA there was a bunch of that stuff, but in Garden Grove and Orange County, I don't know that there are too many big ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna do our list as we normally do. So we're each gonna list seven things that we want to talk about, good or bad. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off here? All right, so starting with my number seven, uh, I think I mentioned this in a podcast not too long ago, but the uh, the parking lot chase. Uh, so this this whole sequence is got many parts to it, uh, but this is after the the T eight hundred has ultimately showed up and uh, has led uh, Siakana. Uh, He's made of liquid metal. I don't think it's lead. No, no, that's the T-1000. Oh. My yeah, bad. the T-800. Could very well have been made of lead. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. Future lead. Uh, he he uh, leads uh, Sarah Connor out of the, the mental institution um, along with, with young John Connor. And they get in the, the car and, and drive away in the T-1000. Um, and the famous scene chases after them. Um, and he uses he changes his arms and the hooks... And he keeps up with the car. He's like running so fast, and it looks awesome. It still holds up. I know. How much training did Robert Patrick have to do in order to look like he wasn't like breathing heavily while he was running? I've got a better question. Uh-huh. How much training did he have to do to keep up with the car running that fast? <laughs> yeah. I have a better question. How do they cast a real robot to be in this movie? Where do they find it? <laughs> Yeah, he does do a good job of just keeping his face exactly the goddamn same for the entire... Yeah. Uh, which is... And this is before they used, uh, like, they would Lucas people's faces to give them new expressions. <laughs> Lucas people's faces. Uh, 
they would put that hot chili on their face. Yeah, but it's it's so cool. The and he changes arms into the the hooks, and then they they use the I forget who shoots the, the shotguns probably so shoots the shotgun and blows a piece of it off, and then she like tosses it and then you know it recombines into him, and he just looks menacingly at the the car as it drives away. Because he can run fast, but not that fast. Uh, but yeah, that that whole sequence, and I think that's like really the the first time you can see him. Like so, before that he does some stuff that lets you know he does like the liquid thing, but to see him run super well, he fast, goes, like that. He, he goes through the bars. Yeah, <laughs> and then the psychiatrist drops the the syringe cap. Right, but then, but then he goes like superhuman and starts running after the car, like. Right, but yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I get your point, but I mean, it's pretty superhuman to go liquefy through bars. I did. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> you did that all the time as a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you're or, or flexible back then. I also go liquid when I'm on the dance floor. But anyway, that's that's not burrito. Yeah. In fact, I had Chipotle for dinner. So. Oh boy, I'm a ticking time bomb. <laughs> you start singing "Sweet Georgia Brown." <laughs> yeah, just said the, like the sad version though from like Futurama. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, okay. so yeah, that seems awesome. Uh, so that's my number seven. Agreed. I agree. I may have this a little further down on my list or higher on my list. Uh, Alex, number seven. My number seven is a general dislike of uh, Edward Furlong. And I know he was a tween and everything, but every once in a while his voice would squeak, and it, uh, it was like it was grating. Even when I well, when I watched it, it wasn't so bad, but nowadays when I hear it, come on, still still less annoying, still less annoying than Nick Stahl. Wait, what? Wait, who's who's Nick Stahl again? He's the he's the older John Connor in Terminator Three. Uh, well, yeah, I think Furlong did a, a very good job. <laughs> And not nearly as annoying as Christian Bale. Oh, good for <laughs> you! Uh, mm-hmm. I think if if nothing else, the this whole James Cameron started saga, leading to that one moment <laughs> off film, <laughs> it was yeah. worth it. <laughs> no, no, just the guy walking through the shot. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm 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 fixing one of the lights. Oh, good for you! I still remember. Uh, Sidetracked here, but uh, I still remember back when listening to Kevin and Bean that Christian Bale actually called up the show. Like he was like the first. It was like the first show he reached out to. And like apologized and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like professional, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, was, before Kevin and Bean were dicks, but yeah, well, I mean they were always dicks, but before they yeah. were backstabbers. Yeah. Well, just I just whenever Ralph does it on the show, I freaking love it. Oh, oh, good for you. I don't even know the real version anymore. I just know Ralph's version <laughs> of the version. <laughs> yeah. Or I, I just always think of uh, Alex's kid doing it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot Luca did that to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't have him on my list, but I'll just—I did like John Connor in this. Yeah, hey, he's—he's a squeaky teen teenager. Yeah, yeah I like he's supposed it. to be a kid. No, it was yeah. just a very minor annoyance whenever his voice would crack really high. I was like, ugh, okay. So here's the thing—he's a kid, and he's like more or less helpless, like a kid would be. Yeah, he's not pulling any like bullshit hacking or 
<laughs> or ninja kicking. Oh, wait. He well, actually, he does do some bullshit yeah. hacking, but it doesn't like stop the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't ninja kick a uh, a raptor that weighs four times higher than it well, is out a window. That's true. Yeah, he does hack into Cyberdyne systems. Mm-hmm. I'll let it go. Easy money. <laughs> um. All right. My number seven, and Scott already mentioned this when he mentioned the actor, and this is it's cheesy. It's the <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can hold this. And then what's his face from Breaking Bad? Everyone get out! Everyone get out! Everyone get out! Why didn't they just take the thing? I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Miles Dyson, that stupid scene. I mean, not stupid scene, but it's fun. We always made fun of as kids, and I still think it's a good it's a good death. It's a memorable death scene, whether or not it's good yeah. or not. It's definitely memorable. <laughs> I thought it was good. Yeah. I guess if they tried to reach for the thing, he would just slam it down on his own. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Loophole okay. closed. <laughs> All right. Alex, number six. What? Scott, number six. Scott, number six. All right. So, uh, number six is just... Uh, uh, kind of a, th- a throwaway line. It's one of those things where the writers wanted uh, John Connor to sound edgy. They're like, "Yeah, a kid would totally say this when he's insulting somebody." Uh, when the when the two I, I don't even know what the fuck to call them the surfer yup surfer yuppie, yuppies <laughs> yeah when he when he calls one of them jock douchebag. Like, Wait, what about his response? That's the part that Brian and I used to love. Yeah, fuck you, you little dipshit. <laughs> See, that sounds a little more authentic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, jock douchebag. Stuck with me. Douchebag was back then. It was the first time I heard that term. So it was like a jock douchebag. Yeah, Do sports guys. Yeah, I think I barely knew what a jock was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about all I have to say about that. It's just a weird, like some some what was a movie that otherwise has some pretty solid writing. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just John Connor trying to sound stuff did not work. I like the "fu you little dipshit." That was classic. But if he and, really wanted to get their shine on, he would have told them "hasta la vista, baby." Yeah. And those guys are dressed with the big weightlift, the weightlifting pants of the '90s, early '90s, late '80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the cutoff shirt shows yeah. off the ass. The Zumbas, <laughs> looking like uh, oh god, who was the football player? Oh, Bosworth? Yes, Kevin Bosworth. <laughs> Brian Bosworth. Oh, Firestorm? No, Howie Long was that. Brian Brian, Brian Bosworth. Uh, oh, yeah, he was Stone Cold. He was Stone Cold, yes. Yeah. All right, Alex, number six. My number six is, and this was in the subsequent and later trailers, where they show, uh, okay, before we go in there, this is before the, uh, they go into the mental asylum to rescue um, Sarah Connor. You have to promise me that you won't kill anyone. You have to raise your hand and say, I promise I won't kill anyone. <laughs> and then the the parking lot, just like Rent-A-Cop, just goes out there. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> he pulls out a gun and shoots his kneecaps. Yeah. You live. <laughs> oh, I was dying. So, so as a, as I got older, <laughs> so this, this is back to Alex's theory about, oh, it's a 22. Yeah, hey, that's just like getting shot by uh, a slingshot, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. I back then, I'm like, oh yeah, he he only did get shot in the knee. He'll be fine. <laughs> and 
in real life. Yeah, yeah he's paralyzed. <laughs> and he could also die. <laughs> well, that too. So I don't know. That's fine precision robot shooting. He that did, is he true. Just, he just capped him. Mm-hmm. But I always wondered if he was like, thought, well, he won't die while I'm around, so therefore <laughs> it counts. Yeah, maybe. Computer logic. Does anyone have anything else more to say about that scene when he comes out, or no? When uh, they're escaping Cyberdyne, basically. Wait, you're talking about Cyberdyne, or are you talking about no the mental Sarah? institution? Mental, all right, then never mind, forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, um, <laughs> you live. <laughs> my number six is uh, I have a few action sequences on here, so I'm going to kind of spread them out. Yeah. This is towards the end when they're basically going to the steel mill or foundry or wherever the hell they're going and when uh, T-1000 is in the helicopter uh, no yeah he was in a helicopter he crashes and now he's in the big semi and they're in that little old man naftomobile truck thing he's got going on <laughs> <laughs> and then all of Arnold's yeah, just quick, oh, just a quick story Jeff's dad used to have a truck that looked almost exactly like that even with the camper and it had a sticker that said uh was it nafta but crossed out right yeah stop nafta it was stop nafta stop nafta so we called it the nafta mobile anyways continue (laughs) yeah the funny part is i that was that was the car that i had to drive to school when i got to drive it oh it was terrible i had a rainbow sticker down the side too whatever how how old were you jeff before you knew what nafta was i knew because my dad was protesting it and stuff. Yeah. it was pretty un- it was union stuff so okay um you didn't think it was like the auto parts store like <laughs> nafta auto parts or something no, I knew <laughs> <it was. laughs> um, but yeah i mean it, it didn't look exactly like it It was a real camper shell it wasn't like that wooden one that the guy had made up but it looked yeah, i know it was pretty terrible it's so homemade but anyway uh t1000 rams the the semi into the back and he used to take the wheel and he just so effortlessly just like gets out of the car, walks across the bed of the truck, onto the, the hood of the truck, and then just unloads his M sixteen or whatever. Yeah. Just all and then all the little so cool. and all the little spots all over him when the bullet hits. And then he goes to the side of it, grabs the steering wheel, yanks it, it flips over. And he uh, turns into the Samus ball. I'm <laughs> gonna <He does. laughs> say Sonic, but either way, yeah, he turns into a ball and uh yeah, that's cool. The whole scene. I think that my favorite part is how seamless it is when he just walks across. Like, it's just so effortlessly. He's like, yeah, good stuntman right there. Yeah. So, I also think that's the time where he loses the the final KO shot. KO. The bullet falls into the bed of the truck that he ends up using later. To, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, that's my number six. Scott, number five. All right, so... Yeah, number five is the uh, more of a set piece than anything else, and <laughs> it is pretty hilarious. Uh, so this is Los Angeles, and I'm sure yeah. there are smelting plants, like foundries. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the fuck they are, but <laughs> uh, yeah, they wind up in a in a foundry. Um, which, by it's the way, a freeway, like the freeway dead ended. Yeah, basically, basically, yeah, the freeway leads right to this foundry, <laughs> where, by the way. Molten shit. Everything's still on in this foundry, by the way. Nobody's around. Well, these sparks aren't going to manufacture. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, I'm sure the the the, the national or the the global spark supply needed to be met, so they need to keep the thing running. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still, as as a as a set piece, it's awesome. It's just, everything's like everything looks hot and sweaty. Um, at least the non robots. Uh, the 
the freezing thing at the beginning, which is prob which could be its own thing, uh, but just that whole sequence, um, finally leading to the uh, the the thumbs up and everything, and which I have more to say about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, just everything in between, then uh, the. Sarah with the shotgun, like shooting him. Oh, that was so fucking cool. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. the holes and everything. Oh man, again, that still stands up. Uh, it with one hand. Yeah, uh, and and a little movie trivia, which is awesome, is that she has the, she's got a twin sister in real life. So for some of those shots, when there's like supposed to be two of her, like it was her actually her twin sister. Uh, it wasn't CGI or split screen. So. Or anything. Yeah. She had a twin sister. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. Anyway, uh, just uh, uh, all-time set piece as they they uh, run and fight their way through this this melting plant. Are you going to mention this again or no? Uh, the the end of it, anyways. Okay. So the scene where she's doing the shotgun thing, I, I, it's awesome, and then it just click. Just like the whole crowd is going, ah, oh, click. And then he just puts his head down, heals all up, looks back up, still no emotion on his face, and does the Dikembe Mutombo. Or Dennis Nedry. Not in my house. Call to John. So good. I know. And then that, you even mentioned the fight, the big fight between the two Terminators. So good. Later. Okay. Um, Alex, then. Number five. My number five is, as Scott mentioned before, in the parking garage, the T-1000 running. <laughs> Badass. Uh, special shout-outs to Homer Simpson that kind of did that when he was chasing after the Flanderses. Yeah. Geo. <laughs> Go faster, Nettie. I can't. It's a Geo. <laughs> All right, I had that one on my list too, so I'll just replace it with something. Um, the, the I'll have to put a bad thing on here. It always grosses me out when that stupid guard licks her face. Ugh! Oh god, gross! I'm glad his face got broken. He got his comeuppance. Just ah, oh, that yeah. I, I did like that the, they had to go out of their way to like make them not sympathetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but only him though. Really? Yeah. Right? The, the other like the one of the uh the there's the guard and who also has a twin brother <laughs> and then um the lady Oh yeah. That guy was everywhere in the 90s. Yeah. Both those guys. Yeah. Uh but this that's a quote Brian and I always say where she goes, he goes, "You want some coffee?" and he, she goes, "How about a beer?" Obviously, every single time. <laughs> Looks under the cup. I've never seen those cups before or since. Did they make those just for the movie? No, I used to see those all the time. Yeah, the Vinny, the crappy vending machine coffee things. Yeah. I remember yeah, as a but, kid. But they had the playing cards on them? Yeah. I've never seen those no, I did. I didn't know if it had the thing at the bottom where you can complete your hand. That I don't remember. But. It's like, must be my lucky day. And then he gets the finger through his eye. Yeah. But the head doctor, he's not that bad. He doesn't believe her, but who would? Yeah, true. <laughs> and then I don't remember the other people. Yeah, so that, they made that guy terrible, but the rest, I think, were just doing their job. Mm-hmm. Take it easy, Sarah. Easy. 
And the yeah. lady with a cast cast arm. She just gets shoved. That's right. She does. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, that's it for me then. So, yeah, don't lick. That's, that's gross. <laughs> Unless it's, uh, yeah, even if it's consensual, just yeah. don't do it. <laughs> also, if you see your friends licking. <laughs> yeah, don't lick. Yeah, those. friends don't let friends or lick. Or people. Just don't. All right. That's Scott number four. (laughs) (laughs) All right. After that intro. uh, (laughs) So four is the the hallway chase. So backing up a little bit here before the the parking lot chase. Uh, So this is when uh, Sarah pretty much breaks free on her own. Uh, Would she have ultimately made it out? Probably. But uh, not not yeah. after, but definitely not after the T one thousand showed up. Oh no, definitely. Uh, if she was just on her own, no Terminators intervened or anything. I think she could have hot wired one of the cars and gotten the hell out of there. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. She was already out. She was out of her, her cell, but not out of like the whole building. Yeah, she yeah. still needed the keys to get through that gate. And she had them. She was just waiting for the elevator. The only reason she went back is because Arnold showed up. Okay, oh, yeah, that's right. Well. Yeah, he came out of the elevator. Yeah, I think she would have made it. Yeah, yeah, she would have made it. Which is good for her character. Her Probably. character would have made it. Uh, I mean, he, T-1000 maybe could have hunted her down after that, but I think okay. she at, at any rate, uh, her, like, like doing that kind of, uh, like, commando run um, through the hallways when she's got the nightstick, like, tucked in under her arm. Awesome. That, that was fucking cool. Um how she really beat the shit out of the guy <laughs> in real life with Come the <laughs> not not just in the movie but in real life with the with the broom or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the syringe like, that still makes me cringe because it goes like right into the guy's neck. Like even though she she doesn't like inject him, but it's still there. Um, and then yeah, just that her her naked terror when she sees Arnie step out of the elevator. That that whole sequence is amazing. And then the, him helping her up, come with me if you want to leave. <laughs> Very Kyle Reese right there. Yeah, one of uh, I don't know. Has anybody ever counted how many lines he actually has in this movie? Uh, More than in Terminator One, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uozi nine mil- zero. Uzi nine millimeter knives, stabbing weapons. Yeah, hey. Uncle Bob. What are your two favorite 90s alternative rock bands? <laughs> I fucking knew it. <laughs> the Hives and Stabbing Westward. Thank you very much, folks. Uh-huh. I'll see I'll see myself out. <laughs> Alex, number four. Okay. Uh, I loved, loved, loved the uh, endoskeleton arm reveal that he did at Miles Dyson's house. And they pretty much stopped Sarah from murdering Miles Dyson in cold blood when she was at his house and everything. And then Edward Furlong, John Connor, flips and gets a switchblade show him. Then, hey, why don't you come show me your room? So he takes the kid back, and Arnold just slowly just tears the knife up and then rips his synthetic skin off to reveal his metal endoskeleton. So badass. Now, I wanted you to listen to me very carefully. Yeah, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Holy shit, Miles Dyson, he's gonna blow him away! <laughs> yep, no fate. 
They'll fight for what we make. <laughs> I'm starting to come around with Alex on this one. <laughs> yeah, see? As we as we say more of his lines. Uh, all right. Uh, my number four is the bar scene with Arnold at the very beginning. The, I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. And no, oh, you forgot to say please. Biker putting the cigar out on his chest and ooh. <laughs> you go ooh grabs our breaks it stabs his shoulder through his shoulder into the table throws another guy under the fryer in the back and just beats the crap out of everybody and then I can't let you take the boy's wheels son just snatches a shotgun out of his hand takes his glasses. And then the only corny part of the movie when it starts playing bad with the bone. I don't know that really fits with the movie, but whatever. So, I, I say that like all the time at work when I need to grab something from somebody's desk. <laughs> you're like, I need your clothes, your boots, and then like, whatever, like in your TPS report. Yeah, and <laughs> that USB stick. Yeah, and that USB <laughs> stick. And every, like, like, I don't know, like 19 out of 20 times, I just get these blank stares. <laughs> and a call to HR. Yeah, and then yeah, and then a trip to HR. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that scene's awesome, and it's at this point. St- I think this, thing, this movie. Let me ask you this: How you guys remember that? Maybe we should have talked out. We knew that he was going to be the good guy in this, right? Going into it, I, you know, I don't remember. Yeah, me. I don't. I don't. Think, I don't think there was like, like any hype going to see this movie. Like it was something that, just something oh, that, that people hype. did. You know, nah, for me, I remember maybe because I'm a little older than you guys that are a lot older than you guys that I was, I knew for some reason it was in my mind that he was going to be a good guy. And I don't know why I knew that. I mean, obviously I wasn't listening to podcasts and reading it online, so I don't know, <laughs> but uh, maybe because there's a fight scene with him and somebody else and there's another Terminator and I put it together. But yeah, like if you don't know that and that scene, you don't know, like you think it's the same guy and he's just being a badass here and he's going to go kill Sarah Connor or John Connor. Like mm-hmm. That's so what cool. I thought. Yeah. I went in not knowing. Yeah. Cause some of these reveals like later on with at the mall, what maybe you guys are talking about, so I won't bring it up, but yeah, like for me, I knew somehow maybe someone told me, I, I don't know, but I remember not being surprised and it would have been a really good one. I mean, the the whole that he turns out to be a good guy happens pretty early on, though, so... Yeah. Yeah. But that first scene, the first time, he, the reveal would have been more meaningful to me. But I, for some reason, I remember knowing somehow, and I don't know why. But, okay. Maybe it was just spoiled for me then, and you guys just didn't... You know, I, I was the unlucky one. Yeah. It was BK, probably. <laughs> I didn't know him back then. <laughs> like Adam or somebody. <laughs> Um, that's how long ago this shit is. Half the friends I know, I didn't even know back then. I didn't even know you guys. Um, Jeff, number four. That was my number four. I did the bar scene. So, oh, Scott, right. number right. three. On number three already, jeez. Yeah. Uh, so, number three is uh, the T-800 uh, taking on the entire LA uh, police force at the at Cyberdyne. Uh, where again he's got to follow his uh, promise that he made to John Connor to not kill anybody. I'm pretty sure some people died, but <laughs> no zero point zero casualties, Scott. Yep. Yeah, he didn't see. He didn't it's, see. Yep, he didn't, didn't, see the didn't, didn't see. It didn't happen. Yeah, um, but yeah, he takes the the fucking minigun. Oh, it's so awesome shooting out the really from the top funny. window. Um, the the scene when. Uh, 
he uses the the smoke grenade launcher and is fucking shooting him with it. That is fucking oh, awesome. That guy's brack is broken. Yeah. At least a couple of ribs. Like, yeah, again, they all live, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, so he rips their masks off. Yeah, let's meet and inhale all the smoke. But uh, yeah, just just him like laying waste to everything. So fucking cool. Yeah. The what did, I, I forget? Where does he get the 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 chain gun from? Mexico. So he just has it with him already. Okay. Yeah, because they go visit Sarah's. Right, right, right. Yeah, I just don't, yeah, I just remember. If, hey, Enrique. Yeah, <laughs> if he gets it from, okay, like, rips it off of a helicopter or something. Yeah, we don't know how she got it originally, but that's where they get all the stuff. Okay, um, you don't want to know. <laughs> just don't ask. <laughs> uh, yeah, but doesn't John say his mom was hanging out with people like in Nicaragua and stuff? So maybe it's like yeah, some paramilitary. Yeah, training yeah, and stuff. yeah, no, no, I, I don't think I, I don't think it. Like, I'm not questioning how he got it. I just was trying to remember exactly. How they... Yeah. Anyways. Oh, it's a cool scene, and I, I like that right before you go out there. I thought you were going to kill anybody. Trust me. <laughs> and, and I always have the fact that his casualty counter has a decimal point. Like, <laughs> yeah, just in case you like, because, like some guy's arm off. It's 0. 0.5. Yeah, yeah because acceptable. in this situation, there would have been fractions, right? If, they only t- <laughs> if fractions are for when you almost kill people, then he almost killed the entire L.A. Mm-hmm. But didn't, so... Maybe he was just like super racist, and like he wasn't counting like people of certain ethnic backgrounds as whole people. Oh, Jeebus H. <laughs> Scott at gmail.com. I'm yeah. no look. You know what? What if okay? What if he hated like Irish people? Yeah, still racist. And then so an Irish kill is worth point one. <laughs> His robots can't hate. I'm not saying he hates. I'm just part of his programming. I don't think it was. John Connor sounds like an Irishman. Okay, so not Irish. Swedish. How's that? <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> yeah, you're just backpedaling now. I'm uh, just saying it, it is an explanation. I do like when he goes out to get the van and he, and he runs out of the grenades and he just hands the, the gun to the one cop and then pulls his mask off. The guy's yeah. like, oh, oh, and falls over. That's awesome. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is um, right after the mall when Arnold is chasing John Connor on his uh, dirt bike with a big-ass Harley Davidson. And then the T-1000 is following up with a goddamn semi. Oh, that whole chase scene in the freeway was amazing. I'm very glad that happened towards the beginning. It was awesome. They go yes. through, they have that big jump with the motorcycle, and then he stops, and then the semi comes down. Oh, that was pure insanity. Yeah, this is my number three as well. I have the motorcycle semi chase in the river. Mm-hmm. At the Guns N' Roses music playing. at the Or that's, I guess that's earlier, but... Um, Don't want to close my... Oh, wait, that's Aerosmith. <laughs> it's earlier when he's right in the river to get there with his friend, with the guy from that shitty Nickelodeon show. <laughs> but <And> Nick... Then... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the whole chase scene. Yeah, then you think he thinks he's safe in the river. Then all of a sudden, think, and then Arnold chasing him over the overpasses and twirling the shotgun and blowing up. Oh, uh, I know, right? Just one handed, bam, shooting the locks the off the gates. Yeah, oh, so cool. <laughs> so it is cool that the 
the fucking motorcycle gets bumped from behind by the semi and stays up. Yeah. It's also one of the worst, uh, I don't want to say, stuntman clearly obvious when he jumps down into the river. <laughs> yeah, it's all in slow motion. You can't help I, it. I know. But whatever. It's so cool. And like then Scott when he... said, you couldn't Lucas his face. <laughs> and then when... But you know what? It's so close. This is 91. Yeah. And in, ni- in 93, they were already doing that like in Jurassic Park for a couple scenes. So, so cool. Yeah. Um, but that one scene where he's going back and forth and he just he grabs John off of John's dirt bike and just barely squeezes by. I know. that. Oh, that was insane. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That guy almost died. <laughs> That's cool. And then when they go under the low bridge... And you, they turn around and you look and you don't see the, the T-1000. All of a sudden he pops up and just throws the windshield out. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah. And the music, too. I don't know if anyone's... We haven't really talked about that yet, but the music is great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That, uh, that's three for Alex and three for me. So, Scott, number two. Okay. So, uh, number two is uh, John Doggett. <laughs> Mm-hmm. John Doggett, yeah, nice. Uh, as the the T one thousand, all time villain, uh, and it's awesome too because he, he he's not given a lot to say. <laughs> uh, you know, have, have you, you seen, seen this, this boy? boy? And <laughs> the the Galleria, yeah. And get it. What's wrong with Wolfie? Yeah. <laughs> and get out. Which is actually hilarious. The guy fucking jumps out of the helicopter. <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be funny, but it is. Uh, yeah, it's a callback from Terminator 1. But, uh, yeah, he's just so menacing. And uh, really, Robert Patrick, in of himself, doesn't cut that like menacing of a figure. Not like standing like next to Arnie, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, he carries it off here. Uh, just the, the stone face the whole time. And they, mm-hmm. like, Alex kind of pointed out they do a really good job of making it look like he's never breathing heavy he's never sweating uh just constant killing machine uh with the kind of lantern jawline that he has uh, and just the glare uh yeah just again all-time villain so that's my yeah. my number two this was an audible mention for me and i just want to add that and i like the way they cast you can't compete with arnold they didn't cast Spinel Thorson or whatever. They they just the guy doesn't have to be big to be just as scary as Arnold in this. Or scarier. Right? That's what I'm, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like he didn't have to go as big. They went the other direction. And I think that if it would have been, you know, another brute, I don't think it would have been as scary. But just get this guy who can do the facial expressions and it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. He would be up in the top ten villains of all time, I would think. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Alex, number two. My number two is in the Spark Factory, the Terminators <laughs> fighting mano a mano. Nice. That was awesome. Ar- Arnold, the T-800, clearly unmatched, but he wasn't going to stop. It was badass how he, that one move, it was so fucking sweet. It was the best part of the fight where he just punches his face but his face, like, you know, it liquefies, and then it, he shifts and it turns into his hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen... Well, this movie was groundbreaking in special effects, but that just blew my fucking mind. That was pure insanity. It was. And he beats the crap out of Arnold at the end, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, and he's smashing his head with the big 
The rebar. Oh, yeah, with is. the thing. It's like, yeah. Not just the re. Yeah, the, but but the big eye beam that's on the yeah. track. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Slamming him in, and then he exposes his red eye. And then Arnold's reaching for the grenade launcher because he knows he's got the last shot, and then he gets uh, impaled Jason style. Mm-hmm. That's and awesome. Lightning and everything. That's awesome too, because like again, there's no like flinching there. Uh, it's that that yeah, whole sequence. Just, he yeah, just like makers. yeah, just his head's getting smashed, and it's like all all you notice is like his head turns to the side. Like there's no <laughs> there's no pain. Yeah. Oh, so cool. And, and one of the things. I liked about it too is well the aftermath is so in the first one if you go back you know if you go to the mythos how many times they would have done very equivalent damage to him but it's a terminator it never gives up and that's what ha- even though he's the good guy this time that's still the same mechanics are in place so he's he's done for but no the auxiliary power kicks in and he comes yeah. back like I just he I, will I like not that. stop <laughs> yeah exactly even though, yeah so um, you know, you could have easily run you right in the story. It's like, okay, well, he's down in the count, and now Sarah and John have to solve the problem, and then I, don't know, I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And the sound of him dropping the bar after he pulls it out, that dude, oh, so cool. Oh, he, the just the metal on metal grating when he pulls yeah. it out, it's like, oh. Not to mention when the T one thousand impales it in there, he twists it in there for a bit before yeah. doing the final blow. Ugh. Or he thought was the final blow. Yeah. Much to his chagrin. (laughs) Very nice. All right. uh, My number two is Sarah Connor. Badass. Like I said, (laughs) I think she could have escaped without uh, Arnold and John showing up. I think she she didn't need need him here. Um, Maybe if she would have done a one-on-one fight with you 1,000, but... Badass female character, very few back then. We still have very few now, and she's still one of the best. Um, watching this again recently, I just forgot. Like way, way ahead, you know. I guess give Cameron credit for having Ripley and Sarah Connor way back before yeah. anybody did. And they, like I said, we still don't. But like even back then, it was so rare. So, and she's a badass. And I'm glad we talked about it last week or whatever. That she's going to be in the new one, so that's cool. Yeah. Um. But her just, you know, getting ripped, you know, her doing the pull up when you first meet her. Oh, you know, in the so fir- cool. and the first one she is like a shrieking, you know, heroin like, yeah, oh, help me. In distress. Yeah. She doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. And this just one living she's, her life. she's training, she knows about Judgment Day and all that stuff, and it's just she's so she's so badass. Yep. I agree. Um, and her plan to kill Miles Tyson is a great one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's not I don't know if it's ethical, but I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I guess she succeeded. Well, not question the, mark. Yeah. I mean, he's dead. He is dead. Yeah, but but I think yeah, going <laughs> going to Cyberdyne and throwing all the stuff in the in the smolten metal was a much better plan. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's my number two. Mm-hmm. So Scott, number one. Uh, number one is the ultimate sacrifice. That the uh, they've defeated the the T one thousand, who has fallen into the the molten pit, and that was fucking awesome, by the way, too. I kept kept morphing into all the other people he changed into during the movie, uh, eventually to melt. Um, so who knew? Uh, thousand degree liquid metal is one weakness. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's all over, and. Terminator's like, it's not over. 
uh, whatever. I don't know what he says. I don't remember what he says, but uh, uh, they they toss in the the hand and the chip, and then he uh, points to his own head, and John's upset because he's found a father in this <laughs> in this murder bot that mm-hmm. technically doesn't murder anybody, uh, but uh, he convinces them and he gets on the the hook and is slowly lowered in, um, and. A lot of a lot of other stuff is corny as shit, like the Asa La Vista baby and the, uh, John like teaching him pop culture and shit. Uh, but him doing the thumbs up was like, oh, there was a little bit of humanity there after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the the way the last shot from him, uh, where it terminates all of a sudden, no pun intended, so fucking cool, like him looking on. Uh, yeah, it was a, a great way to end the the movie um, and you know the it, it, it's interesting if he's clearly one of the heroes of the movie but is somebody that doesn't have like uh, it, it was just programming is more or less all emotion could they ever really be a hero yeah Terminator <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's some sort of, the yes. I mean, it's just something to think about. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he 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 does. He's totally willing to sacrifice himself for the mission or whatever. Uh, but yeah, he lowers himself in, and um, and that's that. And that and that's kind of a rare thing for an Arnie movie. Period. Like, even though he won, <laughs> yeah. That uh, you know he doesn't walk out alive. Yeah. Um. And that scene's become, you know, iconic. Like, did you guys watch Ready Player One? Have we had this talk yet? Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen it. it. Yeah, yeah. So is it, was it the, is the Iron Giant? One of the robots. Yeah, Iron Giant. Right yeah, when he goes Iron down, Giant. he does the thumbs up. Yeah, there's that a bunch cool. of things. It's been played out now. I know, but I'm saying that's what I'm saying. It's iconic. It's everywhere, and that's yeah. one of the, you know more recent ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and he doesn't kill himself. He's he can't self terminate. Oh yeah, they have to lure him in. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but well, if that was against your programming, would your programming to life? <laughs> no, <take> no. <laughs> Starts climbing the rope. He's like, lower me faster as he's climbing yeah. the rope. <laughs> um, yeah, and then again, the the awesome score there, the the sad music, and then um, finishes up with the. Uh, <laughs> this is my honorable mentions, but I'll go ahead and toss it out there now, like the. The last voiceover from Sarah Connor, and the the shot from the back of the van that's fucking weaving back and forth across the road, like, <laughs> like, damn it, don't you want to keep a, a low profile? <laughs> Actually begging to be pulled over by the police. Uh, but yeah, that oh, she's been shot. Yeah, that that final, uh, like the the most memorable part of the the, the main theme, the is kind of lowly playing. Into the 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 little a little more uh, bombastic part of the dee 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 dee, it's it's awesome. So, anyways, the the final sacrifice, my number one. So uh, that's cool. Is that that I'm trying to remember that picture shows up in the first one or no? The picture of her in the jeep. Oh, it's yeah, taken then. Yeah, but Reese is carrying it with him. That's what I thought. So that's a yeah. cool little the way they they tied it together in the second one. Mm-hmm. And then, um, okay, uh, Alex, number one. 
My number one is just a whole freeway chase. After uh, the T-800 takes care of all the cops and they're in the SWAT van and everything and the T-1000, what's it called? Uh, Requisitions the vehicle. Not requisitions. Commandeers the helicopter. That whole chase was so badass. And he was just firing an Uzi from the helicopter. And if John, I mean, he would have had broken wrists. Because all he did was lift up the bulletproof vest (laughs) to to cover the bullets that barely missed him, by the way. But the chopper, it was such an insane stunt. But I don't, I, I want to say that I remember the behind the scenes that they didn't want to do it, but the pilot just said, you know what, yeah, let's do it anyways. And he went, uh, like, under the freeway, like, overpass? Or under a bridge somewhere? Oh, so cool. Yeah. And then you think it's done after the copter's down and everything. Nope, it's not done. Another semi-chase with liquid <laughs> nitrogen. That just thing kept going, and I didn't want, I did not want that chase to stop. It was so cool. And then the Naftomobile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the Naftomobile. <laughs> Which we already talked about, but yeah, that first with the chopper and the SWAT van, badass. Yeah, and then no one's mentioned the whole him freezing in the liquid nitrogen. That was going to be my honorable mention because it ties okay. in with some of the deleted scenes. Okay. Yeah. But that's another iconic thing. Yeah. Hasta la vista, baby. Um, all right. Um, my number one is, it's kind of already mentioned by Scott, but it's very specific. It is when Sarah is breaking out of the the hospital or whatever, and she thinks she's home free, and she, the do- elevator door opens up, and there's the T-800, and she freaks the fuck out. And I just love that. If you, if you go from her point of view, that, sh- that thing tried to kill her a thousand times in the last movie, and she has no idea it's a good guy now. Just her reaction would be that, like... She just ran right back into her cell, basically. <laughs> what she wanted to do then to be with that thing. And, uh, so cool. And even her son yelling at her takes her forever to snap out of it and to realize what's going on. So good. So I just think as one awesome scene based on a previous scene. That's how sequels are supposed to be. You build off of it and it's not the same thing, but you take it. And if you know, I think that's what Marvel kind of gets right with some of these things too these days. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of movies don't, but. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> almost anything else I think it's like Marvel and that's it yeah um, so that's my number one um, any of your honorable mentions for you guys uh... yeah when it comes to a few of the deleted scenes uh, like uh, I'll start with the uh, the the liquid nitrogen freezing one and yeah the T-1000's all covered in frost and everything and it's, he's breaking apart uh, if you haven't seen the deleted scenes after that he uh, grabs onto stuff and, like, he grabs onto this bar that has black and yellow tape on it. It's got a striped pattern on it. And his hand kind of turns into that same color when he grabs onto it. And it's kind of stuck there a little bit. So that that was meant to show that, oh, after he's been frozen in liquid nitrogen, his functions are off. He's got, like, a little glitch in his system that he can't, like, quite shake. You know, so he's defective uh, a little bit. And it's a shame that they cut out some of those scenes because they're really cool. That's why uh, they left some of the stuff in where uh, he's looking around and you see those uh, silver stripes go up his body, kind of like the old VHSs when tracking was messed up on the tape. Yeah. It was kind of like that. I think think they should have left in the the other stuff where his hand gets stuck on the thing and it kind of turns a little bit like the patterns of all the stuff around him. That was kind of cool. Yeah, and I think what you're talking about, I think it's not shown in the movie. That's remember when Sarah's calling Tim 
and then it's T-1000 as Sarah, and then the real Sarah shows up, and like John doesn't know which one's which, and that little glitch happens, which lets yeah. him know. He looks, uh, it's deleted, but he looks down, and his yeah. feet are the same as the grates that he's supposed to be standing on. Right. And he's like, oh, why didn't I look there before? This is clearly not my mother. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I suppose that scene we didn't talk about when, well, maybe we did, when he has his finger right at her forehead. Mm-hmm. Twisting it in her arm. Ah, yeah. Gross. Right, Scott? John. Any? Uh, just... As you mentioned, Jeff, uh, Sarah Connor, uh, the real hero of the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I had just I like the fact that they expanded on the mythos of that's what makes these movies hold up. You know, just you want to know more about it, you learn more about Judgment Day. Like, no one mentioned the flashback scene that's or the dream sequence. It's oh another, yeah, it's another so great cool. scene. Um, and then uh, that's another deleted scene too when she dreams of uh, Reese coming back. Uh, talking to her oh, in the yeah. hospital. He actually has some mental problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that stuff, and that's the, all the mythos, basically. And then the other... Uh, I had T-1000 as a, an honorable mention. And then this one is, is more for you guys. And I don't know what... One of your guys' stupid movies you made in high school where you used the flames from the beginning... Of the movie with the, with the, with the, <laughs> yeah, the Terminator that, skull the comes Terminator in the back. That's right. It was. Yeah. Oh god! What, what was the music for it too? Oh, yeah, Alex remembers. Uh, I forgot what it was. It was all instrumental. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I don't know that I had anyone do anything to do with that one, but I do remember what Jeff's talking about, though. You can yeah, fucking clearly see the t- the Terminator yeah. in the flames. <laughs> Coming through the oh god! Yeah, it was just supposed to be flames, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they cut it off too late. So you start to see the endoskeleton come through. Oh man! It was and gonna I, be when we're gonna film the Matrix. That's what we we're gonna do. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're pre- like previewing the Matrix, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a teaser. Yeah, the teaser for the <laughs> home, home remade. Oh, god! And I think Brian told me you guys, he watched the post it on YouTube, but he can't because he keeps getting caught, flagged for copyright <laughs> because of that part. <laughs> Another audio. Uh, so good. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, let's rate it. Uh, Scott. Okay. Uh, who? I, I got to give this a seven. Uh, it is the, like, almost the ultimate action sci fi uh, vehicle. Uh, it's Arnie at the height of his powers. Um, you know, great characters. Uh, well, at least Sarah Connor and the the Terminators, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. some some amazing action. This is basically amazing action scene to amazing amazing action scene. Uh, it was the the movie that kind of, in a way, we can blame for summer blockbusters, uh, or at least the the overuse of CGI. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, Cameron, the first use of CG. Well, that that and Jurassic. I think Jurassic Park was more guilty. Well, that. was what what came first, this or the Abyss? I forget, I don't remember. The, abi- the Abyss. The Abyss. Yeah, the Abyss was doing this stuff. So Cameron was smart because he, you know, he got something working with the Abyss, and he's like, okay, I think we got something here, and he used it to to great effect. Um, yeah. But again, he didn't overuse it. But everybody saw this and were like, oh my god, like this movie made all the money, so we need to do this, and then yeah. <laughs> a lot of crap came out in between then. 
it's still it's still there's still a a chance that any movie that relies on CG is going to look terrible. Yeah. Yes. Still haven't completely figured it out yet. Okay, Alex. Ah, I'm going to have to give this a 7 too. It is it's hard like the the squeaky voice thing from Eddie Furlong is like a minor minor nitpick from me. That's the only thing I could find. It's almost a pretty much as close to a flawless action movie that you're going to find out there. It's brilliant. Okay. Genre defining really. All right, fair enough. I am also going to give it a 7. Um I Damn, will say jackpot I I want to say I haven't watched it in a while. I mean, I just watched it the other day, but before that, it's been years. But only because I watched this so much as a kid that I did get a little tired and burn out of it, burn out from it. But that's because I loved it so much. And watching it again, having not watched it for several years, uh, it, it's yeah. great. Um, so, all right. This is one of our few perfect sevens. I know. Our first one, right? I think we've had a couple other ones. like I mean, besides uh, Commando. Well, Scott didn't give Commando a 7, I don't think. Boo. He didn't. I did not. Um, I want to say Big Trouble in Little China, maybe 7? Yeah, that might have got 7s. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, all right. Dune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect score. All right, so for our crossover topic, we picked sequels better than the original. Now, I want to ask you right away, Do you is this better than the original? Oh, hell yeah. So... Here's the thing. Um, so with uh, some of the other things on my list here, it, it's almost unfair to say one is better than the other when they're so different. Um, that's, that's my opinion, too. Um, ca- case in point, uh, some of you, one of you might have this on your list, but Aliens. Don't say it. Sorry. God damn it. You son of a bitch. It's <laughs> on my list. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. But yeah, so I think sometimes it's, you know, it's apples and oranges. Like, um, we'll, we'll talk more about later. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's a sequel. It's got better technology, but the story was, you know, weaker. Something was weaker as opposed to the original. So that's why, uh, you know, you'd say, oh, the original was better because the story was better, even if the effects are kind of cheesy. Not in this case. In this case, Terminator had the special effects, had the great filmmaking, had the great script to make it like a better movie overall than the first one. Yeah. It's also, it has money this time like terminator the first one's kind of a low budget movie considering he was a no-name director and stuff too so true but uh, he still maximized so much oh, good yeah. stuff out of that movie yeah don't no, definitely i mean i would have if uh, i'm well i might not have given terminator one a seven if yeah. t2 didn't exist but still so i would say this i wouldn't give terminator one a seven i would give it a six yeah but i still but I guess by definition that I think the sequel's better, but it's still so different that it's hard to compare, like Scott was saying earlier. So I... Anyway, maybe we'll, we'll probably talk about it when we all talk about aliens. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So just remind everybody, we're going to do a list of five uh, movies, TV shows, so sequels are better than the original. So, mm-hmm. Scott, what's your number five? Okay, so to start things off here, uh, I'm going to go with Desperado. Um, in a way, this is cheating because this is almost just like a. Uh, it's more of a a remake where Robert Rodriguez took all, yeah, took all the stuff he wanted to do, but now he's got a budget and some star power. And I and I realized that there is some continuity between this and the in the first movie. Yeah. But but let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and actually, I'm guilty of this further down my list. Um, but, uh, yeah, just bigger and better in every possible way. Uh, still, um, uh, Antonio Banderas' best role, uh, and the one that kind of made him an action star, sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a, uh, the movie's a lot of fun. It's got Trejo in it. Uh, well, so the, the film on the first one was called Moco, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like a fucking kills me. It's called Moco. And then this one, it's Bucho. Uh, mm-hmm. but that one guy that always plays the evil South American. Uh, I can't remember oh, his name. Jeez. Yeah, that guy's got the deep voice. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got some great gunfights. Uh, um, it's got, uh, uh, Buscemi. It's got Buscemi. <laughs> for some reason. Uh, yeah. Like I said, star power. Uh, so again, uh, Desperado. It's my number one. Or five. Sorry. Selma Hayek's uh, debut role. Oh, that's true. Oh, how can I forget? Selma Hayek no. at the height of her powers. Well, it was the first movie, so I wouldn't say it was the height of her powers. I'd say it was all downhill from there. <laughs> all right. That was serendipitous of you. It wasn't. I just wanted to say her name from Dogma. Anyway, <laughs> Scott, or Alex, number two. Five. Jesus. How my number two? five, I got a couple of video games on my list. Now, Mass Effect 2, I thought about it. Uh, if we had a bigger list, it'd be my number six. But my number five, and this is one of the first times where I thought, not that it was, oh, the sequel for this video game is better. The sequel for this video game is miles ahead of the first one. And that is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That game... Just blew my mind. It was so cool. Judgment. I love it. I still play. Yeah, I still play it occasionally. It's really good. It holds up. Gotta go fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only that, it introduced tails, and you can play two-player on one screen, and then you can have races. It had split screen. It was horizontal split screen, so it wasn't that good. But it's all you had back then to do races and stuff through the level. Yeah, it was amazing. Confession. Yeah. I have never played Sonic, any Sonic the Hedgehog game other than maybe like two minutes in a store where it was like on the display. Gasp. Wow. <laughs> there it That's is. That's a feat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never owned Sega, so uh, not that hard. Yeah, me either. I just barred it. Yeah. Been like Chris or something. Barred it. Mm-hmm. You should have borrowed right. from Chris and then spoiled the whole thing for him. <laughs> Bernie? <laughs> Alright, my number five, um, now, I just want to go out and say there's a lot of these Marvel movies that sequels could be better, but I'm just going to pick one, and I'm going to pick Winter Soldier, Uh, Captain America 2, Winter Soldier. Nice. Nice. It's a lot better than the first one. However, the first Avenger, I have gone back, and I like the first Avenger a lot more than I did originally, but I still think... It's it's a much better film. It's one of my favorite. It's definitely top five Marvel movie. So, um, yeah, it's good. So it just expands on the character, brings it you know to present day. The whole Hydra infiltrating um, the good guys. I can't remember the name of the Shield. Shield. <laughs> old old Bob Redford. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Bob Redford. All that. So Winter Soldier, Captain America two. Uh, Scott number four. Uh, number four is. Uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Um, Just to expand a little bit about what we've been saying about sequels being better, um, 
Yeah, we could make a huge list of ones we thought the sequel was like a little better or had more going for it, but uh, the gap between this and the first one. And like you said, I like the first one, but this is like one that really got it right. Uh, and then uh, also brought on the Russo brothers. Uh, yeah. Who so far, I think, have, have batted above their weight. So. Yeah, man. Agreed. Plus the blue stair car. Mm hmm. And Tobias, Tobias. is Tobias. Tobias. <laughs> the, the collector. <laughs> it's me, Tobias. <laughs> All right, Alex, number four. My number four is I was one of the rare people at the arcade that actually played the first version of this game. The one that started it all. Hey, shut up. Oh, I was guessing. I was guessing. I had no idea. (laughs) And it's amazing, looking back at that game, that it got a sequel and it became a cultural phenomenon. But yes, Street Fighter 2, miles ahead of the first game. It had, well, it got ridiculous with how many versions after that. Like Street Fighter 2 Tournament Edition, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Street Fighter 2, before an official Street Fighter 3 came along they actually had prequels street fighter alpha and street fighter alpha 2 before street fighter 3 came out it was a crazy time back then kids <laughs> but yeah it spanned a it spawned a whole bunch of games we're up to street fighter 5 and uh even though the launch kind of botched for this last game it's still good people love it they still play it at tournaments and stuff for big money big prizes it also helped propagate communism <laughs> yeah, with the, with the Zangief USSR, <laughs> and then he eats. Uh, he 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 does a dance with Gorbachev at the end. When he wins. <laughs> That's right, Brazil. Do you guys remember playing like the hack versions? Yes, you go in the arcade and then like yeah, in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, you randomly like switch characters in the middle of the match, and like yeah. you'd be like playing Guile, but you'd be shooting at Hadouken. It made no sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can like throw like a thousand. You like a fireball would go so slow, and you can put as many on the screen as you want. So you just, oh, yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah, you find them at like the the Asian owned video, like or uh, <laughs> video rental places and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hado can. I played one where when Sonic Ken and Boom. Ryu did their all you can, every step of the way up would fire a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just walls of fireballs. It's amazing. <laughs> Shoryuken. All right. um, My number four, and I have two replacing, I think two of the sequels are better than the first one. And that would be Road Warrior slash Fury Road are better than the original Mad Max. Um, Yes. I think by a long shot. It's hard for me to watch the first. (laughs) You know what? Thunderdome might even be better than the original Mad Max. I have a hard time. Watching Mad Max is very slow for me, but Road Warrior is definitely way better. And Fury Road, I I love it. Uh, it might be better than Road Warrior. I'm not sure. I have to. I haven't watched Road Warrior in a while. I'll have to watch it again. But it's both of those are way better than um, the original Mad Max. So it's my number four. Scott, number three. Okay. Uh, so number three. I really didn't want to put one of these movies on the list, but uh, I, you know. Again, the the idea being that the gap between the two, and that is Empire Strikes Back. Boo, that's only your number three. That's only my number three. Son of a bitch. Uh, Not even on my list. Yeah, I, I, at first I wasn't, I it. It. First I wasn't going I to put it on there, but then I, I really thought about, like, 
how almost uh, like every part of it was like almost objectively better. Um, yeah. I mean, there are still moments from the first one like that doesn't top like the the trench run at the end and the Millennium Falcon flying out of the sun, which is fucking awesome. But uh, just the the writing and directing on this one just a lot better. <laughs> uh, the uh, the whole way that it ends on a kind of a a down note. Uh, the as as Jeff always likes to say the the one handed ass whipping that, that Darth gives Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and then of course the big reveal. Uh, I am your father. The ultimate spoiler. Yeah. No. <laughs> wow, who does thought yeah. Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father? Oh, gee, thanks a lot. And then, this, even yeah. the the score for this one, this was uh, Imperial Death March added in this one, right? It's not called Imperial Death March, but <laughs> Imperial March. I I always want to call it that. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely it was introduced. To, yeah, there's the score. We're gonna go see that. I don't know if you guys are going, but some of us. I are thought going to go I was. See. <laughs> I'll check my. They're email. playing the the Hollywood Bowl. They're gonna screen Empire Strikes Back, but the live band's gonna be playing the. the oh, whole, dude, the real so thing. cool! Jelly. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might have to talk to you about that after we're done here. <laughs> Make sure <laughs> okay. I'm not missing emails. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, there hasn't been one in a while. Okay, I'll we'll talk afterwards. Okay. All right. Um, so we're Alex number three. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I have to go back and watch this, but even from the few bits that I do remember, I know it's way better than the first one. It's Wrath of Khan. Star Trek. Oh, that's a, Son of a bitch! Oh, that's, that was my number three! Oh, that's only number two on your list? Or three on your list? Yeah. Yeah. Empire's better than that. The thing but is... Yeah, Wrath of Khan. From Hell's Heart, I stab at thee. I have a lot to say about this, because it's on my list later. Okay, well, this go. is my number three as well, and I will say the reason this made it and Empire didn't is because Star Wars is an excellent movie and Empire is a little bit better, if it is better. The first Star Trek movie is dog shit, and this movie is the best one Beecher? in the series. You don't like Beecher? So the gap is amazing between the two. That's why I put this in over the Star Wars version. Um, I disagree, but... Come on. Is, really? You like the first one? I think you're the, you're the person... No, no, not about that. About oh. not putting Star Wars on your list. Oh, okay. Jerk. Okay. okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying you liked the first Star Trek. Oh, no. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's three for both of us. Uh, Scott, number two. All right. So here we go. Uh, speaking of two, Evil Dead 2 is my number two. Oh, fuck. Remake. Damn it. Not a, not a sequel. Should have done that. No, it's a... Re-sequel. There, there was like a, there was enough stuff going on different from the first movie, and plus same category as Desperado. And plus, well, I I already said the same thing with Desperado that. Yeah. <laughs> but it has a two at added to it, so it's got to be a sequel. Just like Desperado Troll doesn't even have a two. And and I could argue that uh, Army of Darkness should be it should be Evil Dead Two slash Army of Darkness. Uh, Evil Dead 3. But again, those are almost completely different movies. Um, yeah, Evil Dead 2. Uh, it counts as a sequel. There's two in the name. I'll allow this. Thank you. Judges have allowed it. Wait, wait. Do you allow Troll 2 then? Yeah. No bug. God damn it. 
no. The first one was better. Oh than my god! It was still better movie. The first one was. Yeah, first one was. Yeah. Uh, it's bigger, so, bloodier, funnier, uh, in every way. All-time classic. Farewell to arms. <laughs> Farewell to hands. All right, anything else to add? Uh, and again, this this led to Army of Darkness, so what more do you want? Yeah, man. All right. But when, do you like Evil Dead 2 more than you like Army of Darkness? No. So why isn't that? Because, like I said, like... The same reason I don't have aliens on this list. Because they're, so different. Okay. they're, they're, they're like completely different genres. You can't really measure them against each other. Mm, I can. <laughs> they're about even well, for me. I choose not to. There you go. Reasons, yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex, number two. Number two, aliens. James Cameron again. Stealing my list again. Aliens. It's so good, action-packed, but it still keeps that element of horror and suspense that the first one cultivated. Cameron's just really good at like elevating one movie to to the next one when he when he makes a sequel to it. He's very good at taking the elements of what make the first one great and then putting those elements in the second movie, but then adding another layer of depth to them. Amazing. Yeah, I can't wait for Titanic two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> gonna be in space <laughs> ghost jack I'm, I'm pretty sure they've made that Alex. Haunt that bitch <laughs> i'm pretty sure they've made like a space yeah. titanic thing at some point yeah isn't it uh event horizon sure <laughs> yeah there it is I saw it. <laughs> <Sam> <laughs> <Neil>. <laughs> yeah. i remember you were so pissed it's like that's not what he says in latin he says this <laughs> doesn't make any sense it doesn't <laughs> Um, oh yeah, where was that, Scott? I forget. I don't think I. I don't think I was complaining about the Latin in that particular movie. He says "liberate me." It's free me. That's fine. <laughs> That's what I remember. Anyway, I agree with you, Alex. Aliens. It's it builds upon it. It's and it's the same thing at T two has. It's more fun to watch. While the first one is different and it's a great movie. Uh, if I'm going to sit down and just watch a, a, a flick at night, I will most likely rather watch Aliens over Alien, just like I'd rather watch Terminator 2 over Terminator. It is different, like Scott mentioned with the other thing, but I still prefer it more, and it's just everything. And it's got Bill Paxton, for crying out loud. I know. How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Yeah, Bishop should go. I mean, right. the first one did have Bush Bump, to be fair. But still, Aliens. Yeah. All right. Cameron, so this just means Pandora 2, or what is it? What's the movie? I know. Making? That's why I'm actually looking forward a little bit, because I thought, what's going to call it? Navi movie. A- I already yeah, Avatar. 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 Avatar was kind of generic, and the special effects were amazing, of course, but it was like, okay, I've seen this story a million times before, so I don't know what the fuck everybody's jazzed about. I guess it's just the, the eye candy. So I'm hopeful for the second one because he's got a great track record with sequels. So I think I'm more excited to see the second one than I was the first one. He's got a great track record, and your head <laughs> is right up it. That's true. Oh, holy crap! I just saw a YouTube video with Hank Azaria, and it was just kind of like going over his career highlights. <laughs> and that scene getting yelled at by yeah, and spit yeah, on. <laughs> scene, yeah, but that was improvised, like. 
out of nowhere, Pacino did that because like, Michael Mann was going so like he was do it again, do it again, do it again, and finally he goes, she's gonna greet us, and then he goes, Jesus, that was like totally at like just what the hell's going on? And he, 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 they used it. That's awesome. And your head is right up it. Oh, <laughs> Didn't they, whatever director did Dog Day Afternoon did the same thing to poor Pacino. I. Uh, Remember that scene where he's like, oh, I was pushing Pacino to the, the, the brink. And then when he, when he reached the height of emotion and he couldn't take any more, I, I made him do it again. And that's the shot we used. <laughs> that's some great direction right there. I know. The Stanley Kubrick uh, method of torturing your actors. Yeah, I know. So I guess the, <laughs> to get a great performance from Al Pacino, just keep pushing him to the fucking breaking point. <laughs> he goes bananas. Yeah. Okay, uh, where are we at? We at number one now? Yeah. All right, Scott, let's hear. Uh, number one is sure. Wrath of Khan. Um, Khan! Just the sheer, <laughs> yeah, the, the the gap there. Sheer Khan. Yeah. <laughs> the sheer Khan there. Uh, not not only is it miles better than the, the first movie. Miles Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Alex uh, left. Yeah. Uh, well, just like you laughed when Alex said Bush Bump again. <laughs> I'll always laugh at that. Well, yeah. Um, so, Wrath of Khan, uh, not only, again, is it miles better than the first movie, but uh, it, it's one of the all-time sci-fi movies. Uh, got uh, some some amazing scenery-chewing t- turns by, by Shatner and Ricardo Montalban. Uh, again, the the uh, the Shakespeare from Hell's Heart, seventy. <laughs> Kirk yelling into the I don't communicator. Yeah, the communicator. Thank you, Khan. And then Khan, for no reason at all, says, "Buried alive, buried alive." <laughs> like like he's like doing a fake echo for himself. <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. And then. Uh, Kick-ass score. Um, it does something really balls at the end, killing off a character. Uh, it was some real emotion there. Um, yeah, just a, a great movie, period. Uh, to come out of the ashes of the first movie. So that's my number Major. one. Yeah. All right. Scott. Hey, Alex. God damn it. Number one. <laughs> my number one is Empire Strikes Back. I couldn't... I tried... You know, I try to leave Star Wars out of these lists because I know on my top five list, Star Wars it will inevitably always finds a place in there. So I try not to, but this time I couldn't help it. Empire Strikes Back. Just the technology's better, the writing is better, the music is better. Than I love Star Wars. I like the first one a lot. I love Star Wars. I think I've seen that one more than any of the other trilogy movies ever. But Empire, whew, man, it's some real emotional weight. I really felt, you know, pain when Luke learned about his heritage and his arm got cut off, and yeah, so good. It is. I agree with you guys. I just yeah, Han Solo, Carbonite, and the little Ugnots <laughs> tossing around three PO, three POs in pieces. The whole movie that made me sad when I was a kid. Not so much now, but uh, introduction to Yoda, all yeah, that La- stuff. Yeah. Lando. Betrayal, yeah, the training scene where he does the flip with Yoda on his back—that was insane. There's no lightning teeth, though. 
Yeah, <laughs> that is very cringeworthy. Um, all right. Uh, my number one is... Now, I won't say there's a huge gap between this and the original, but this is... Ocean's 12. No. This is my favorite comic book movie, and it would be The Dark Knight. It's my number uh, one. Yeah, good pick. I like um, it. Thank you. It's my favorite comic... Even after all the DC crap stuff, that's still way... I think it's by far better than any other comic... I don't mean by far, but it's my favorite comic book movie, and... Uh, it just gets everything right. It builds off. The first one has, you know, you have to build, you've got to tell the Bruce Wayne story again and all that. And this just goes from there. And the best, talk about great villains from this movie. <laughs> if T-1000's in it, Joker is definitely right there with him. Um, Joker, booby, I'm your dark knight. <laughs> yeah. I was, so was going to do that joke, Joker. but I thought it was too <laughs> stupid, so I did not. Joke's on Thanks you. for proving me right, Alex. Yep. <laughs> No joke is too stupid for this podcast. That's yeah. true. Uh, so, Dark Knight. I mean, we've ta- I've talked about this enough. We did this is one of our first episodes in the Dark Knight. So, that's oh, yeah. my number one. That's right. So good. Better actresses too. Maggie Gyllenhaal's. <laughs> yeah, I don't like either of them actually, but they're both yeah, fine. I like and, Maggie. And uh, Harvey, I'm wearing my briefs backwards. I don't know why she says that, but she does in the movie. <laughs> You know how I got these scars. Guard. <laughs> now that was funny, Jeff. <laughs> All right. I have a few honorable mentions. Um, I have X2 over X-Men. Yeah. I have all our comic book stuff. I have Blade 2 over yeah. Blade. Yep. I, I, had, I had Empire question mark, but I didn't put it on my list. And then I had Thor Ragnarok. So those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, I had an honorable mention for Ragnarok. I, I like the first two Thors, but again, like the the entertaining, as far as being entertaining, the, the third one is much more so. Uh, yeah, the only pr- I love Ragnarok also, but the only problem I have with it is like the first two. I think we've talked about this before. The first two established like a more serious, darker tone, mm-hmm. and they completely did away with that with Ragnarok. Uh, which I guess you know it, it's a great movie I love the film and it made a shitload of money so it was the correct move but it like it kind of made it more as outstanding as all the Marvel movies are it made it more like the Marvel movies it's kind of like The Incredibles when everybody's super nobody is so yeah okay I can see that yeah alright and then the one I didn't have but I was wondering if you guys were going to bring it up but specifically Scott is Godfather 2 I think the first one's better but I know a lot no, of people like even, I, I kind of waff on this sometimes even if I did think the, the second one was better it's such like a marginal like okay. yeah yeah. I mean the second, so the second one like so if, if the first one is supposed to be an American epic the second one definitely trumps it in, in that regard but you know if, if you want to do like scene by scene punch by punch like it, it it's difficult. There are amazing things going on in both movies. I agree. And I just prefer the first one. But, yeah. I know a lot of people do like the second one better. Um, all right. Anything else? We're going long on this episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports bow. 
So I just discovered a really rare, like one of those obscure baseball rules and stuff. Oh, yeah? What's that? You guys familiar? You, you guys know wacky rules in baseball. I sure do. So I guess if uh, you're ex- an executive on a baseball team, uh-huh. you can't stay in the dugout after the game has started unless you're wearing a mustache. Yeah, it's the uh, Raleigh Fingers rule of 1973. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it used to be. It used to be that anybody could so. go down there, but uh, after that, you have to have a mustache. Now, some yeah, some will argue if if you have like the full Van Dyke and if that counts or not, <laughs> or uh, it's borderline. But the beard, mm, although there is a special exception for kick-ass mutton chops. <laughs> yep. So uh, Suzuki Ichiro, I guess, just learned of this, but he didn't have enough time to grow the mustache, so he had to put a fake one on uh, to be able to stay in the dugout. Ah. What What the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> There's a story where Suzuki Ichiro, he wasn't allowed to stay in the Mariners' dugout. <laughs> so he put on glasses and a hood and a big mustache. So he's got a kind of little bit of a Unabomber thing going <laughs> They just have a picture of his face. I honestly haven't heard of this. You sure this is a real story? Yeah, I'm looking at it on the ESPN right now. The best part of it that you call them Suzuki Ichiro, but yeah, we'll let it slide. (laughs) I don't get it. I have to look up the story. I'm looking up the story. Anyway, I just linked it. All right, it's time for Neom News. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, uh, not not a whole lot for me right now. Uh, Luke Cage is live. Everybody, go watch it if you're into the first one. Sweet. Um, yeah, that's uh, basically it for me. I, I've been continuing to watch Bosch on Amazon Prime. It's home edges so far, so I recommend it. It's a cop uh, drama, I guess. Uh, has he fought uh, Boba Fett or Han Solo yet? No, but he, but he, but he does, he does take on uh, Caravaggio. Well, are you talking about the Trandoshan bounty hunter? Maybe. <laughs> he said without looking it up. <laughs> nah, so yeah, light, light, light news day for me. Uh, so yeah, go, go watch him. Oh, some really? Yeah, um, Alex, I know you were champing at the bit. Mm-hmm. Got some juicy tidbits. All right, let's hear this juicy tidbit. Throw out from Disney. Uh, first of all, at Disney Bombshell, they have canceled all future Star Wars story movies. What? They're gone. Right out. So they in the, essentially killed their own product and then canceled the subsequent uh, movies. So no Ben Kenobi movie, that's on hold. Boba Fett movie, that's on hold. Every other movie. They still have the live action show and the cartoon uh, that's going to replace Star Wars Rebels. Those are still on in the live action. I think John Favreau series. Yeah, that's still on. But the movies, as far as they co- they're concerned, they're out. Right, the standalone stuff. Yeah, yeah. They also said that they wouldn't be, and this is re- really grind- grinded my gears that they wouldn't be experimenting with directors anymore uh, on Star Wars property and stuff. It's like motherfuckers, that wasn't the problem. <laughs> Really? So, so, so they're happy with uh, Gareth Edwards then? Oh hell yeah! All right, not. I, I mean, even let their. I mean, actually, no. Gareth, to begin Gareth with. Edwards was fine. Exactly. Ryan Johnson, I meant to say. So they're happy with that fucking guy. 
the the shitty one. Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't let the these experimental directors to finish their vision. Even on the Marvel side, they didn't let. Um, damn it! What's his face? Edgar Wright. On Edgar Ant-Man. Wright. Edgar yeah, Wright. Edgar Wright on Ant Man finished. The, even though that turned out to be a pretty a, a great movie, uh, they didn't let let him finish his vision. They didn't let uh, Phil Lord and other Lego guy finish <laughs> their vision. Uh, so who could who could have known? Not only that, but. It turns out LucasArts wanted the December release for Solo because, you know, Star Wars comes out at Christmas. It's kind of like a thing now. That's where they make their money. And Disney was the one that said, you know what, we'll throw a bunch of money at you. We'll give you all the resources that you need to hit that date. That's two weeks away from the biggest movie in the world. So, And then we'll release Solo after a week or two after the biggest movie in the world releases. Can you do that for us? And uh, they they had to do it, and that's pretty much essentially financially what killed Solo. Let's be honest. They they said they asked if they had to do it, and they said, "All right, Lange, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it." And it did not end well for them. It did not. So yeah, essentially Disney crapped in their own bed, and then they are asking everybody else to clean it up. I don't know if that makes sense, but they canceled all the Star Wars standalone movies, which I was. Some of them I was looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I want to say so. We do a podcast called Hans Shot First, and only one of us has seen the movie. Yeah, that's true. This this movie wasn't attracting people, so I can see why they're yeah. kind of they're pulling back. Yeah. But I think it's more. It's not so much this. The reason people don't want to see this is because they didn't really like the Last Jedi or the Force Awakens that much. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a, there's that a, too. Yeah, there's a bunch of problems there, and I don't think there's a vision. There's no Kevin Feige behind the scenes that's kind of running this thing. He knows the story from point A to point B to point right, C. It's, right. yeah. it's okay, J. Abrams, you do this part, and then Ryan Johnson just you know oh you know the Knights of Ren stuff that he mentioned. No, we're not going to talk about that. We're just gonna you killed Han Solo. I'm going to kill Luke, and then oh too bad you know that Carrie Fisher died, which even ruins it more stuff. But just there's no cohesive story in it there. Yeah, um, I I'm I'm the one who saw Solo. I didn't love it i didn't hate it it's just it is a very paint by numbers okay remember this remember this remember this yeah. ah, blah, blah, blah. so so um, so i'm curious though like you, you say jeff people maybe people didn't see it because they didn't like uh last jedi enough but yeah i, I think a lot of people did like last jedi though and that's so yeah, so it's so, very 50 50 everything is it's yeah, very devi- divisive right movie. so i mean so Again, though, that that doesn't account for those people, is, is all, all I'm saying. So, I mean, word just got out that it wasn't worth seeing. Like, I guess, like pretty much around that. That's probably what kept it from really taking off. No, I mean, okay, if half the people didn't like that movie, then that's half the sales, and that's probably where it's pretty close to, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I felt like uh, Force Awakens was pretty divisive as well. Not like. Yeah, not like probably, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Not like this. Yeah, <laughs> not like this. Yeah. But even if it was divisive, it's just. And I think the the December, the non December release definitely hurt exactly. it. Exactly, that really hurt it. And and someone mentioned this. I listened to the podcast, and they said, "Okay, it's you don't have faith in your plan either." Uh, Marvel released Iron Man two and Thor Dark World, which most people didn't like it. You know when they came out and. But they didn't like. Okay, we're done making Thor movies. Oh, we're done yeah. making Iron Man movies. Exactly. They just, they just adjusted a little bit and moved on. Like, I'm. 
I don't like the prequels, but I was looking forward to an Obi Wan standalone movie, right? Like, and now they're just taking that off because of this. I mean, if the reason they're taking it off is because they don't have a plan, then fine, put them on hold, regroup, get a story together, and (laughs) um, do do whatever DC is doing. Yeah, this feels very DC. It feels exactly the same, which is weird. Like, uh, so yeah, it's 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 what it is, I guess. I just. Did this Kathleen yeah. Kennedy? Uh, well, see if it's not her fault. If Disney's the one that's making them do all this, it's not her fault. But she is yeah. like a Hollywood producer. She's a badass producer. But is she a storyteller? Like I don't know. I don't know her. I mean, but it seems like she's always been like the producer, which is a different position than it is as a storyteller. I I don't know. I'm, but she should know. You know, storytellers are okay. This guy can make a good movie. Yeah. So another thing I read was was that when they acquired Lucasfilm. That she was going to be the head. She was going to be the everyday run the company. And Lucas was going to be the story consultant. And then when he turned in his scripts and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't like that. We're going to go this way. And then George Lucas is like, ah, okay. I don't want to be a part of this. They never replaced that role. Uh, okay. And they say, okay, they hired J.J. Abrams. And then he, you know, he did it. But then, and he wrote an outline of what he kind of thought the other movies but he didn't you know that was just an outline and then no one kind of stuck with that i guess i, I <laughs> they did they definitely didn't and now he's gonna come back in the third one <laughs> he's yeah. like remember Please all that shit us. that happened it's like that never really happened let's go back to oh uh, a wizard did it yeah, yeah. Uh, space wizard so hopefully with you know they put the the game of thrones people in front of one trilogy and even as much as I didn't like this Ryan Johnson movie, he's in charge of a whole other one. If he has one whole vision throughout the whole thing, maybe that's not a, you know that'll be yeah. good. Maybe he just towed the line and everything for the Last Jedi in order to fulfill his uh, you know his real pet project with yeah. this other one. So hopefully, right. I still I like Looper. Yeah, and I will say I mean you guys haven't seen Solo. When you guys see, we could talk about it. they they do set some stuff up that could have been cool for. Uh, some future standalone movies where you just kind of oh okay we've brought back this character we've introduced this character and and and, and so but Prune the face? movie's boring it's just a boring movie so Pruneface solo movie it's not not Pruneface <laughs> oh <laughs> what about a man a man a man no <laughs> a real Star Wars character folks look him up <laughs> he shits out of his mouth yep. All right, anything else? No, that's it, man. That was that was my news too, so. All right, let's wrap this 95-minute episode Damn. now. T2, man. T2. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, watch it cuz apparently you have it if you're not getting Scott's witty banter at work. Yeah. Um, watch it. <laughs> yeah, man. Also, shout outs to the uh super mega happy ending for T2 that was thankfully cut. Oh my gosh, that thing was dog shit. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't remember when Sarah Connor's all old and John Connor without the scars pushing a little girl on the swing? That's his daughter. He's like, oh, yeah. And she's actually doing, Sarah Connor's doing like a voice recording of the VO. Like, oh, the future is like so bright now. We didn't, we changed the road and it's not going the same way. Oh, no, I don't remember that. (laughs) It's awful. You should look it up. So I'm glad they went with the Weavy Road (laughs) VO thing. That was much better. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. 
we at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. The reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.